So this morning, I want to continue in 2 Corinthians. Uh, this time we're in chapter 6, and we're looking at verses 1 through 13. Paul writes, As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, At an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way, through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger. And we've done it by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left in honor and dishonor in ill repute and good repute we are treated as impostors and yet are true as unknown and yet are well known as dying and see we are alive as punished and yet not killed as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. We have spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open to you. There is no restriction in our affections, but only in yours. In return, I speak as to children, open wide your hearts, also there's a lot of stuff in there and I want to spend just a little bit of time this morning kind of unpacking it so we get a better understanding of what Paul is saying not only to the church in Corinth but also to us as the church in countryside and the first thing he starts out with is a very simple do not accept God's grace in vain. What does he mean by that? You see in 2 Corinthians 6, 1, that first verse, he says, As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. That's a bold statement. It's a bold statement, and it's packed with meaning that just begs for us to break it down before we move on to the rest of this epistle. You see, Paul's not merely talking about working together with the congregation at Corinth. And he's not, by extension, just referring to us working together, the church at Countryside. No, Paul is talking about the church, the universal church, working together with God. Joining in with what God is doing coming alongside God in the work of redemption and salvation that God is every day, even right now while we're here, doing in the world. And as we work together at what God is doing in the world, Paul urges us not to accept the grace of God in vain. He's saying, 
please don't don't squander one little bit of this amazing marvelous life that God has given us and then God reminds us in this passage he says when you called for help I helped you in the nick of time the day that you needed me I was there to help And so Paul says, because of that, now is the right time to listen. The second half of verse 2. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. What he's saying is because we're all called to join in with what God is doing in the world, and because we're urged not to waste any time in joining in, right? And because we're reminded that God's always been there before, how was he there? Well, he's already done the work of redemption and salvation that he's asking us to participate in. He did that through his son, who completed the work on the cross and in the grave. Because of those wonderful things that have gone before, we're now urged by Paul here in this passage to re-engage as the church in the ministry and mission of the church. He urges us to get involved. And he admits that even as we get involved, this is, this is not an easy task. This is not a smooth road. In fact, the road's rough. The journey's hard. And while we're walking along this path, we're also under this watchful eye of the world to see just exactly how we look and act as we participate in the journey. So it's a hard road, and it's a road that's kind of under a microscope by the rest of the world. In other words, the world's saying, okay, Christian, let's see how you handle this. And so Paul says, Now's the right time to listen, the day to be helped. Don't put it off. Don't frustrate God's work by showing up late. Don't throw a question mark over everything that God's doing. See, our work as God's servant gets validated or fails to get validated in the details. And people are watching us as we're at our post, as we're walking the road. They want to see if we're alert. They want to see if we're unswerving. They want to see if we're the same in hard times as we are when the going's not so rough. They're watching. When you're out there being a Christian, a follower of Christ, do you feel them watching sometimes? Trust me, even if, even if you're not aware of it, they're aware of you. If they know you're a Christian, they are observing you. And they want to know in hard times, tough times, bad times, when we're beaten up, when we're jailed, when we're mobbed, when we're working hard, when we're working late, when we're working without eating, when we have pure hearts, clear heads, steady hands, if we're doing what we're doing in gentleness, holiness, honest love, when we're telling the truth and when God's showing us his power, 
when we're doing our best, setting things right, when we're praised, when we're blamed, when we're slandered, when we're honored? Are we being true to our word? Even when we're not trusted? Do we, do we get ignored by the world? That's okay because we're recognized by God. Are we alive in Christ even though the world would say that God is dead? Are we willing to be beaten within an inch of our lives knowing that our life doesn't revolve around ourselves but around Christ? See, Paul, he's very pointed here in not sugarcoating anything. I mean, when's the last time your life was threatened because you were a Christian? Probably never. But that's because we live here. Now, if you were in the Sudan or if you were in Iraq and if you were in Iran and you professed to be a Christian, it'd be a whole different story. But the point is, regardless of where we call home, regardless of what the climate is out there towards you as a Christ follower, it's still never without the observation of those people out there, and it's still never easy. See, all this stuff that we go through as Christians, it might seem as though it limits our ability to do what Paul's asking here, to join in with what God is doing. It might seem like it limits our ability to work alongside God as the church. But see, that's not what's really happening here. See, Paul says in his letter, he says, Dear, dear Corinthians. He might be saying, Dear, dear people of countryside. I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. And then he says, remember, we didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel when you look at all the stuff in the world that's happening and how anti-Christian it is, the smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection, Paul says. Open up your lives, live openly and expansively. You call yourself Christian, live like a Christian. You are a royal priesthood. Are you living like a royal priest? Because Paul is saying we can allow ourselves to live limited. We can say to ourselves, I'm just one person. We can say to ourselves, I'm not as strong as I used to be. And we can allow that worldview to fence us in, letting it convince us 
of our ineffectiveness, of our weakness, of our inability to affect any sort of change in our community, let alone the world. But if we do that, that's just us limiting ourselves. Why is that? Well, because the truth is, the truth is that in Christ we have influence over the world. We have impact in the world. We have impact in our community. Why? Because Christ has overcome the world. And so Paul's saying, don't live small. Live large. Live in the largeness, the grandeur, the effectiveness, the power, the transforming power of Christ. Live in that. And then in that, come alongside him as the church to transform the world, the world around you, in his name, for his sake, for his honor, for his glory. Because you as the church have been given that power by the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. So we can live small in ourselves or we can live large through the power of the Holy Spirit in Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.